Hello and welcome back to another episode of Zap. My name's Beck. And my name's Jono. And Zap was formed on the basis that there is a lot of good quality journalism out there. And so this is the other stuff. We aim to make the good trash treasure by finding weird, wacky and wonderful news stories from all over the world. We talk about it, we laugh about it and we make segments somewhat loosely related to it. But uh, before we jump into the action today, Beck, I'd like to wish you a happy deskfist day. Deskfist. <laughs> I'm not sure what you just said. <laughs> I, to be frank, um, it's harder to say than I had imagined. I saw How do you the word spell written it? down. Um, it is D S K F A S T. Deskfist. Oh, deskfist. Yes, it is. But it's it sounds weird. it actually sounds very festive, deskfist. Yeah, that's is that happy not what it means? It's like the celebration of your desk or something? Like... Well, it is a combination of desk and breakfast. Oh, um, okay. And it's a day where you you take breakfast with you to work and eat it at your desk. Oh, it's deskfist. Well, you know what's weird? I at work, we have stuff to make breakfast, and oh, I I don't twist. usually do it, but today, I'm not even joking, today no I did that for the first time ever. I made toast in the office kitchen and ate it at my desk. That's I had sick. deskfist today, and it was great. Wow, <laughs> what kind of toast did you have for deskfist? Well, unfortunately, whilst there is a lot of facilities, there wasn't many condiments at the office, so mm. I had one plain butter, which I'm like, I won't, I won't deny. I love plain butter toast, and then plain I had one. Plain butter good. Yeah, I had one peanut butter. So it was nice. It was, oh, yeah. It was fresh. It was good. Happy Deskfest, everyone. Well, um, <laughs> desk, Deskfest is... Uh, I'm, I'm learning about it as we speak. And it turns out that um, people... Uh, in fact, nutritionists, not even just people, but more oh. specifically nutritionists, um, they were initially not so keen on the idea of people not eating breakfast at home. But it turns out that um, due to Deskfest... Um, and eat, having your own desk first, um, people are eating less sugary cereal because cereal has loads of sugar in it, um, mm. especially if you go, like a lot of our cereals in Australia do, the US has uh, it probably even worse as far as I'm aware. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, we and, did that quiz, remember? <laughs> yeah, that's right. We've I mean, got Oreo cereal. Yeah. That's, that's not a thing. Um, but we people were eating more healthy things like sandwiches and sort of like toast and all that sort of stuff. So because you can't just like take milk, a, a thing of that's milk true. with you to work. Unless you have that horrid cereal cup that we also reviewed one time, which was terrible the crunch cup do you remember that and it had like crunch cup it had cereal oh, in the bottom half yeah. <laughs> and Sorry, everything were... was wrong with it <laughs> in my mind i was imagining like a like a small little i don't know like rice bubbles container that oh. has like milk in it i'm like i didn't know they sold them with milk <laughs> no, but no 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 just the container <laughs> Much yeah that worse. was a terrible oh gosh yeah um well there we go. We're learning things. Zap, Zap yeah, the podcast is delicious and nutritious. There we we're go. We're an educational program, <laughs> um, I think. I'd say so. Very uh, much But so. to kick us off today, I have a little bit of news out of the UK. And it's a Ooh. story about a man uh, and an unfortunate case of online shopping. Now, I've had a couple of instances myself of buyer's remorse uh, with online shopping, but... <laughs> Um, I think, well, we probably talked about one when I bought a Pokemon game and it was, it just like didn't work. <gasps> yes, we, we did talk about ago. that one. 
Yeah, that was Rest heartbreaking. Rest in peace. Yeah. Rest in peace. <laughs> um, but my my buyer's remorse has not been as comical or um, yeah, as comical or really as bad as the man in right. our story today. <laughs> Uh, so let me introduce you to Tom. Uh, Tom Hello, is a Tom. 61-year-old man based in the UK who mm. was in the market for a pair of reading glasses. So Tom goes online because that's where all the best shopping is done now. <laughs> and he has a squiz uh, at Specsavers. Uh, not not a sponsor. Um, but Specsavers, <laughs> go for it if you'd like. We'd, yeah, we're, we're open to it. The sponsorship. Um, <laughs> so he finds an appropriate pair of glasses that he likes the look of um, and he thinks would be right, puts in the prescription, all that all that nonsense, and he places his order. And for many people, that would be the end of the story or more that it wouldn't really even be a story that's just like regular no. life. Yeah. Um, but after placing his order, it gets shipped out and arrives on the doorstep at his house, but the package isn't quite what Tom was expecting as the Specsavers box is... Huge, like way <laughs> too big, like comically so for just a pair of glasses. And so perplexed, he takes the box inside and opens it up only to find that he's made a terrible mistake. You see, oh, in placing no. the order for a pair of reading glasses, he'd ironically misread exactly how many oh pairs he was placing God. an order for. And that number in the end came to a grand total of 60 pairs. <gasps> what? Okay, did he think he was ordering six or like... That's what... Yeah, when, how... how where he... does this mistake happen? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Like, well, why is it not... Bears. Yeah, why is it not 100, if anything? <laughs> but like... even why is there an option to buy 60 pairs of glasses? <laughs> I don't see... Like, if you're buying 60 pairs of glasses, surely at that point you're another retail <laughs> store and so you should yeah. be placing an order through some sort of business-to-business, like, website. This, I don't see oh why... Oh, my gosh. That option's available. Yeah, this is on Specsavers. Like, they <laughs> should have... Why would someone be ordering 60 pairs? You're right, for the exact same prescription. Like, it's not like you're buying yeah. it for your friends and family. Like, they don't have the same eye, I don't know the word, level Imagine- as you. <laughs> like- what if... Okay, what if... Hear me out. This is this is why they might have it. If you buy lots of pairs of glasses, you get a discount. And so you just find, you like put out a call to 59 people um, who have the exact same prescription <laughs> requirement as you so that collectively as a group, you can save on glasses. Oh my gosh. Maybe <laughs> that's what it is. But I, I yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It, it begs the question. How can someone who needs but does not have reading glasses effectively place an order online for reading glasses, right? I feel like it's doomed to fail. Like, similar to the other week when I went on that rant about how they package scissors in that awful clamshell packaging that requires scissors to be opened, right? It's a vicious cycle. You you can't, it's, no matter what, you're, you're in a spot of bother. That's true. I don't know. Well, I mean, I feel like I know what your tagline is to finish this segment, Jono. And if it's mm. not, I'm severely disappointed. Oh, I'm excited. Well, surely you were going to say he should have gone to Specsavers. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so today we're talking about vicious cycles. And Jono, if there's one thing that I keep continually doing uh, that's really 
a bit of a vicious cycle of a combination of two things. And that's one, having a big belief in my, and a big confidence in my own abilities. And Mm -hmm. two, that leading to something cringe happening at work. So (laughs) (laughs) a little bit of a conundrum I've got myself in Mm, here. So John, I've spoken about this on the podcast before, and that was And it actually became like a bit of a hilarious bit, like the fact that I'd spoken about it on the podcast and the fact that it had happened at all. And that was when on one of my first days of work at the job that I'm at now, I was asked, yeah, yeah, I was asked what my favorite kind of lettuce was. And I very confidently said iceberg lettuce. I was like, yes, everyone's going to agree with me. I love iceberg lettuce. Let's go. And then I immediately got roasted. Everyone was like, why would you pick iceberg? That's the worst lettuce. (laughs) It was just like a whole thing. And it was cringe, but it was funny. It it became a whole thing. It was very funny. To this day, (laughs) I still feel like that was a loaded question. Like, yeah. like, were they? What if you were to say romaine or baby gem? Would there have been a reaction at all, or would they have just been like, hmm, "That's an interesting answer." Yeah, but I don't maybe know. they've just been lying in wait for the for the one person who likes yep. iceberg lettuce, <laughs> and then they come down like a ton of bricks on them. Definitely, and and I gave it to them, and I'm, I'm glad that it happened because it really set the precedent of you know these things maybe happening in the future. So. I had a moment a few months ago that I actually completely blocked out of my memory and I would have spoken about it sooner if I had not forgotten that it it had happened to me. And <laughs> oh, I no. think the reason I forgot it is because it's like, it's, oh, it honestly, I feel physical pain thinking about the fact that it happened. So oh, we, we go. Oh, we go. Oh, I'm like, okay. So we were having internet troubles at the office. So the Wi-Fi wasn't working and everyone, it got to the point where like no one could work out why we were turning our laptops off and on and everyone was just hot spotting their laptops. So like a lot of our work is we have to take meetings with customers, prospective mm. customers. So we're doing these meetings <laughs> on our phone hotspots, which isn't very, you know, it's not efficient. It's not reliable. It wasn't no. going to fly. And I was like, in my head, I'm thinking, why has no one just tried turning the internet off and on again? And I was so confident in this because a few days ago, our internet at home wasn't working. And I had known from growing up with my brother and my dad that if the internet's not working, you just turn it off and on again. Well, you turn it off. Simple. You wait 10 seconds and yeah. then you flick it back on again. Sometimes you oh, you're like, an expert then. I know, like right? Internet repairs. Exactly. You have to maybe jiggle the cord. I'm like, I know these <laughs> things, guys. This is not common knowledge. I know it is. But I'm like, <laughs> I was just dumbfounded that no one had tried this. So I went. <laughs> so in our office, there's like what we call like the, it's like the, I don't know, the tech room, essentially. Like, mm. it has the internet in it. It has, like, spare keyboards if you need it. Spare ma- my- mouses? Mice? Like, uh, spare, like, computer equipment. <laughs> spare equipment that you might need and-, and the internet, as I said. So, to get into that room, you need to have a certain key and only one or two people in our office have that key. So, in the office, I went up and I was telling my manager at the time, I was like, I'm pretty sure I can fix the internet. And I was like, so certain that I could fix it. And she was like, okay, well, like go ask for the key. And I was like, yeah, okay. So I went up and I asked the guy who has the key. I was like, hey, can I borrow the key? Cause I'm pretty sure I just want to have a look at the internet and like, see if I can fix it. And he was like, oh, you think you can fix it? Do you? And I was like, 
yeah, I'm quite sure that I can. So I I know I was confident and like, (laughs) boy, oh, okay. So here we go. So he's like, all right, let's go. So he walks and we walk (laughs) into the internet room. Mind you, the internet that I, I know it's not the internet, but like the modem that I had at my parents' house when I was living there was like this little white box, like a you know, with the lights on it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, You know, the classic one. So anyways, he unlocks the door. I walk (laughs) into the room and it's one of those like massive floor to ceiling black surface. (laughs) You know those? Oh, yeah. Yep. Like one of those because obviously it's the internet for like a tech company and it's like powering, like, I don't know, like 35 people's laptops. It's not going to be a little run of the mill white Wi Fi. No, and so no. I'm, I'm faced with this massive server <laughs> and I'm like, and he's just staring at me, the guy with the key, and I'm like, Hmm. <laughs> I, like, I like walk around the back of this like server box and I'm like in my head I'm like where's the plug like how do I unplug this and turn it off and on again and it's just like way too big and dangerous but me to even think about turning off and on again there's like a bajillion lights on it there's literally no plug into the wall that I can see it is not as I thought, your, you know, your run-of-the-mill <laughs> Wi-Fi box, it's a server. And I definitely could not just turn it off and on again. And that's why no one had tried it. And I had to be like, yeah, so I don't know how to fix this <laughs> at all. <laughs> Thanks for coming on this walk with me. Yeah. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Uh, I have no idea what I'm walking at. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I was expecting. I didn't know what I was expecting. Like, I can't even remember what I said. I'm pretty, imagine I like hit it and I was like slapped it. And I was like, ah, this is not the type of server I'm used to dealing with. Like, like, Uh, I didn't bring my tools. This bad boy's a newer model than I know. Oh, Jono, it's just so cringe. Like, then I had to walk walk back to my desk and people were like, so could you fix it? And I was like, nah, nah, not, not this one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just coming back, yeah, put up a good fight. I uh, couldn't get it this time. People were like, yeah, she tried, she tried. Good on your back, nice work. Keep, keeping this office running. <laughs> yeah, Real guys, don't play. worry. <laughs> Today, we've heard about a vicious cycle in the form of online shopping and and internet troubles, uh, <laughs> but I have a story of a very different type of vicious cycle, mm. a bicycle kind of vicious oh, cycle. <laughs> a vicious now, bicycle. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's a bicycle, it's a vicious cycle, because I mean, you'd call it, because you might say, I went for a bike ride, right? But if you're really into cycling, you'd say I went. I went for a cycle. Yeah. Okay. So what that's, you mean? That's yeah. the that's the lingo. Um, now, <laughs> for the longest time, uh, my dad he's been an avid cyclist. Um, I I don't really thinking back remember a time when he wasn't into cycling. Like he's current. He's he's your your classic middle aged man uh, in lycra. Um, <laughs> he's he's yeah. He's always been there. In, uh, in his Lycra. Right, <laughs> leading the thing. way, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so growing up, we always had bikes and we'd go cycling yeah. all over the place. And um, for many years, many, many years, actually, Dad would take part in a charity ride called the Sydney to Wollongong, where, as the name suggests, wow. you ride, you, you cycle 
Sorry, yeah. I used the wrong terminology <laughs> Please, there. Um, you cycle from <laughs> Sydney to Wollongong. Now, for those unfamiliar, this is um, a ride, like the distance that you're cycling in this is about 80 kilometres. Um, oh and it takes God. something like five hours plus to complete, uh, depending on mm. your fitness and like weather and all that sort of stuff. So it's quite a quite a ride cycle. Yeah. It's quite a cycle. <laughs> I should start keeping a tally of how many yeah. times you accidentally <laughs> say ride instead of cycle. Um, so, yeah, for many years, Dad would do this uh, and we'd get up early to drop him off at the start point and then while he cycled down to Wollongong, we'd make the trip down in the car. Nice. Uh, we'd stop for brekkie nice. at Macca's. Yeah. Oh, and beautiful. <laughs> make a nice little day trip uh, to meet him at the end of the ride uh, cycle. Uh, when yep. we'd. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not thinking about it, but as soon as I say the word now, my brain is like instantly, you've you've done it again. (laughs) Um, And yeah, we'd we'd meet him down there and have a a picnic near the finish line. But as my brother Sam and I got older, we decided, much to dad's great pleasure, um, that we'd also do this cycle um this, this event um well done, so initially <laughs> it was just sam uh joining dad for it but then a year or two after i also joined the fray so first year dad sam and i all dressed in lycra with our own <laughs> schmick little bikes went out uh and what on, on what is frankly a very stunning ride like you start mm. off i believe in like tempe like middle of sydney somewhere or okay. like uh, kind of in the city somewhere and you uh, cycle down the coast um, stopping by a, a various few places, but then you get down into Royal National Park, um, and which is beautiful. There's a huge wow. downhill descending almost 200 meters um, in elevation into the valley, uh, and then you've unfortunately got to then cycle back up oh. a similar amount of elevation on a fairly brutal climb called Bald Hill. Um, right. And yeah, until you then get out of the national park. That's the sort of road up, and it's about 10 kilometers with 200 metres of elevation. And so you're just riding uphill for like 10Ks, which is pretty brutal. Um, Now, it's where... This is exactly the spot on Bald Hill where I experienced what I would describe as a vicious cycle. Um, Because (laughs) on the first year we did it, it was pretty tough, um, but we made it up. However, the second year, things were slightly different. You see, Dad and I, after the success of my uh, first Sydney to Wollongong... Um, we had the genius idea of doing the event on a tandem bike, a two-seater oh no. oh with two God. sets of pedals. Now, oh my God. hilarious, right? Amazing. Yes. Um, so prior funny. to the event, though, uh, I'm not sure about Dad, but I had almost never ridden a tandem bike um, other than <laughs> one or two practice um, like trips out. And Where there do you were even a f- find a tandem bike? Like, it is turns that out my uncle can... had one. Oh, there you go. Yeah, which was kind of fun. So we just like borrowed that. Um, like now... I was wondering if you go to the bike shop and they're like, so do you want to <laughs> yeah. upgrade? <laughs> like, yeah. Do we whack an extra seat on there? <laughs> <laughs> it's oh two for the gosh. price of one. Like... I love that. That's such a good, oh, that's a great bit. I'm a, I'm you should make an ad for that. it. Yeah, I should. I should. I should make some ads just generally as well. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, back to the story, though. Yes, yeah, um, There were a few things about riding a tandem bike uh, bike <laughs> that became very apparent uh, as we set off. Um, so Dad was at the front of the bike, at the helm. He was doing the steering. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my job at the back was to just hold on and keep pedaling. That was my job. Now, 
The first thing that struck me about writing a tandem is that there's little in-jokes through the cycling community about tandems, and <laughs> it took its form in that when some particularly witty cyclist would ride past, they'd turn to Dad being on the front of the bike and say, that bloke on the back stopped pedalling. Oh Hilarious. <laughs> really, really funny. Um, and I, I've got to say, the joke's quite good um, because... It's sort you, of, because you weren't. <laughs> no. Yeah, no, I wasn't, no. But um, I, in that moment, um, during that, that event, uh, when I was in that position, pedaling hard on a bike that was far heavier than mm. the, the weight of the two bikes me and Dad normally rode and uh, were used to, it, this comment had a way of getting on my nerves. Oh, I can um, imagine. <laughs> it had a way of getting on your Lycra. <laughs> especially because there was like... Oh, there's so many people who do this this like ride. There's so many of them, and mm. so you hear. I, we heard this so often. Like it would be every <laughs> at least five minutes, there'd be someone riding past. Oh, that bloke on the back's not pedaling. <laughs> like I am, I am pedaling, and I was like, I was like, oh, I don't know, like thirteen or fourteen at the Aww. time as well. <laughs> so That's I'm like, so oh, yeah. Your lycra needed a little sign pegged on the back saying like, I am pedaling. I am pedaling. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Or maybe I feel like at some point I should have just started yelling back. I don't know. Something rude. You're not (laughs) pedaling. You're not. Yeah. As they overtake you. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, Regardless of this though, we found our rhythm and we powered through um, a good portion of the ride all the way down into the national park. Now, the downhill into the national park was fantastic. It was really nice um, because it's a like heavy bike. There's two of us on it, and we're just powering down the hill, mm. getting some nice speed. And um, the hill, however, came all too quickly, um, and <laughs> the hill was so so tough because oh. uh, tandem bikes they're not really built for climbing hills, and the force <laughs> we were putting into those pedals was immense. So much so that we bent one of the <gasps> gears on the bike. Now, oh my god! For those unfamiliar, on a bicycle with gears, you have a front set attached to the pedal and a back set that are attached to the rear wheel. Um, okay. And simply put, the bigger the gear, the harder you need to pedal to like move the bike. Um, mm-hmm. And so we were. Ta- I'm talking about the the front set that are attached to the the pedals, and there's three of them there. And so you've got the big beer, big beer, big beer, <laughs> big gear that's um, hard to pedal. You use that when you're going downhill or along flats. The middle one, um, which is sort of maybe you're using a little bit for climbing hills um, or just sort of light up hills. And then you've got the small uh, one, which is really when the hills are getting steep. And so we were on the middle one, the middle gear, mm-hmm. pedaling hard as the as the hill was sort of increasing in steepness, um, but. It was at that point the gear bent and it bent over the top of the small one. So we couldn't use the middle gear or the small gear. We only had the biggest gear. And it was still going. And so we just switched to the big gear and um, we had to like get off and like put the chain back on. Um, But then we were just on the big gear and um, we kind of just had to power up the hill because we couldn't get picked up on the section of road we were on. It's closed for the event. Um, And the closest spot for us to get picked up from was over the top of the the hill we were climbing up, the hardest hill. Oh, my gosh. And so, yeah, we were absolutely just destroyed after 
riding the rest of this 10 kilometer long 200 meter high hill and now yeah of course we weren't going to be able to complete the remainder of the ride um and but once we were up that hill uh like i i don't even know how we did it but we were up there we were absolutely trashed uh we called called mum and the folks waiting um at the finish line to come pick us up and um it's at the top of that hill is a place called Stanwell Tops mm-hmm. with an awesome view over the ocean. And I oh, don't think yes. I've ever earned a view quite like Aww. the one at the top of that lookout. That's <laughs> a lovely hill, but nonetheless, a vicious cycle. <laughs> Not a ride. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jono, I always love hearing what other podcasts are up to and... Sort of just, you know, doing a little bit of research, maybe seeing whether what we're doing is still unique or whether what we're doing is of. way out there. Like, Well, you know, just sort of, I think it's nice to go and laugh at the competition every once in a while. Exactly. Um, to know that we're clearly the best podcast around. And look, I didn't want to say it, but that's exactly what I was doing. <laughs> so during the week, my mum actually sent me a link to a podcast, which I think she found on Twitter, maybe just because of her recommendations or because she is such a fan of Zap the Podcast. And this podcast episode that she shared with me was like, I think the theme of the podcast is basically they bring on a guest each week and then this guest has to talk about one particular topic. So yes, like, I mean, I'm I'm not here to to talk about other podcasts, but you know, (laughs) I was like, okay, interesting. Um, Seems like the hosts aren't really... Okay, no, no, no. I don't want to say anything about the podcast. <laughs> but anyway. Next come in here and she's chosen violence yeah. today. <laughs> so the thing that really piqued my interest about this podcast and obviously why my mom shared it with me was because the whole episode was on Colonel Sanders. And <gasps> I was like, I've got to listen to this. I was like, this oh, he's is... Kind of, he's kind of a bad dude. Well, yeah. So there's like a lot of (laughs) stuff in his life, right? And we would know because we've spoken about him a lot and we've spoken about him in so many different forms. Like we've spoken about him when he was in a movie. We've spoken about him when he was in a novel. We've written our own Krama novel about him. Like if there's any podcast that knows stuff about Colonel Sanders, I think it's us. So I was like, I have to listen to this. So I... And I was going to do a podcast review. That's essentially how this segment started in my head. Oh, I was yeah. like, I'm going to review this podcast episode. Like, I can't wait to hear it. Um, like, let's dive in. I opened the podcast episode and it's two hours long. <laughs> what? And I was like, excuse me. Like, what did you think? I just wanted to pop it on, listen to it on like, I mean, I don't really have a commute to work anymore, but I have a bit of a walk to work. So I was like, I can listen to yeah. it over a few days. It was two hours long. And so I'm already like, well, I mean, as much as I love Colonel Sanders and as much as I'm sure as this is a fantastic podcast episode, I just don't have the time for two hours. And so I I really tried to stick in there and and get myself in there. But I think about 25 minutes in, Colonel Sanders was still only seven years old. And I'm like... (laughs) Oh, wait, they're talking about his life from, like, start to finish. Yeah, they're going through his whole life. 
And How I was, do they know so much? Well, apparently they're because the person who was talking about Colonel Sanders um, cited their resources and they talked oh, yeah. about, I think it was a mix of like, you know, articles on Google, but it was also a mix of Harlan Sanders or Colonel Harlan Sanders autobiography. So oh, oh surely of- that's got a great chicken based name. Yes, well, that's that's kind of where this segment then ended up going because oh. I okay, so I I was listening to the podcast and I I started writing some notes and I think I so, well, yeah, I ended up listening it to it at one a.m. So I was probably a bit delirious. <laughs> Actually, I was very delirious when I when I was writing these notes. So I'll just start reading through some of these notes and I was like, <laughs> I think I wrote. I'm sorry, but unless it's a live podcast recording, why is the episode two hours long? Um, <laughs> oh, no, it was 2.4 hours long. Wow. Okay. Oh, my God. Yeah. Um, the Colonel's information. Oh, okay. I think there was a line in the podcast where they were like, the Colonel's information is in his own words or from KFC. And then it said, which is taken with a grain of salt. And I wrote missed I wrote I wrote missed opportunity they should have written yeah. taken with a grain of chicken salt or like uh, yeah. take, taken with a grain of 11 herbs and spices oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um <laughs> oh you're, so you're like doing an air check like a radio air check of of this podcast you're like yep you could have fit an extra joke in there I mean this is segments taking a long time it's 25 minutes in and you're not you're barely through it at all yeah <laughs> well it seemed like it was just a recount of his biography, which is fine and great. And to be honest, look, I probably should have, I should have listened to the whole thing and given it a chance. But it inspired a different podcast segment, which is kind of why I ended up doing it in this episode because it's a vicious cycle. And this is something that often happens. And as our listeners are probably realizing, they're like, "Beck, where is this segment going? This is a vicious cycle. You're ranting. I know, but let me get to the point." So I started looking up Colonel Sanders' biography because I was like. This podcast oh. has called it out, and I think we're really the fake fans here. I'm I'm talking about this podcast. <gasps> I I can't say anything on it when we haven't looked up Colonel Sanders' biography. That's so, true. That's fair. I will take that criticism. Yeah, I I'm disappointed in myself, and I'd like to thank this podcast. I take what, I, what back what I said before. You've helped me learn something, and I'm thankful for it. So, anyways, I look up Colonel Sanders' biography, and why am I not surprised that? several different books turn up. And then I thought maybe this segment could be me just sharing the titles of these books. And so I oh, no <laughs> found found some of the titles of these books. One of them is Colonel Sanders and the American Dream. Classic, oh, yeah. very nice. One of them is The Incredible Colonel, semicolon. <laughs> After 79 tumultuous years, colourful Colonel San- Harlan Sanders has a born-again religious experience. <laughs> what? <laughs> That's not where I was expecting that to go. Me either. Also, very long title. Very long title. Would hate to see if it had like an anagram or something. Yeah, the SEO of that is awful. Yeah. <laughs> the next one was the inspirational life story of Colonel Sanders, colon, face of the finger licking good fried chicken. <laughs> <laughs> well, that must be fairly recent then, isn't it? Because I don't know how long they've had the finger licking good slogan. Well, I don't think so because I think it's been around a while because this next book I saw a cover of it and it looked quite old and I think 
unless it was like a ghostwriter or something. I think this was written by Harland Sanders himself because the title was Life as I Know It Has Been Finger Licking Good. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, yeah. I just actually had a look and, yeah, the slogan's been around for um, like almost 70 years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I was really wrong on that one. <laughs> checks out, checks out. So, anyways, oh, I totally forgot a part of this segment was going to be I said I bet I can tell the life story of Harlan Sanders in less than oh, two yeah. hours and I used chat GPT to do it <laughs> and I wrote on chat GPT I said can you please summarize the life of Colonel Sanders in great detail but also making it funny <laughs> so yeah. I'm going to share it now because why not this segment's already gone off the rails so perfect it goes once upon a time, there was a man named Harland David Sanders, but you probably know him like better. A fairy tale <laughs> I know. I don't know why it started it like that, but you know him better as Colonel Sanders. He was born in 1890 and dropped out of school in the seventh grade, which just goes to show that you don't need a fancy degree to become a colonel <laughs> or a fast food icon. <laughs> colonel Sanders worked a bunch of different jobs, including being a farmhand, a streetcar conductor, and even a lawyer, although apparently he didn't like that one very much. But his true calling came in 1930 when he started cooking chicken and cooking and selling fried chicken dishes in Corbin, Kentucky. Now, Colonel Sanders wasn't just any old fried chicken cook. He had a secret recipe of 11 herbs and spices that he used to season his chicken. And let me tell you, it was some good stuff. People loved it so much (laughs) (laughs) that they started calling it Kentucky Fried Chicken, or KFC for short. In 1952, Colonel Sanders started franchising his chicken business and things really took off. Before he knew it, KFC was spreading all over the world like butter on a biscuit. And and Colonel Sanders became a household name with his iconic white suit and black string tie. But don't think for a moment that everything was always peachy for the Colonel. He faced plenty of challenges along the way, like competition from other fast food chains and even a fire that destroyed one of his restaurants. But he never... I know. But he never gave up, and that's what made him a true Kentucky legend. Colonel Sanders eventually sold KFC for a cool $2 million, but he remained a spokesperson for the company until his death in 1980. And although he's no longer with us, his legacy lives on one crispy chicken drumstick at a time. So there you have it, folks. The story of Colonel Sanders, the man who turned a secret recipe into a global fried chicken empire. And if you don't like KFC, well, that's just foul. Spelt F-O-W-L, like the bird. So Beautiful. Whilst that wasn't a very good recount of Colonel Sanders' life, I mean, it took about two minutes. So (laughs) I feel like that's the important stuff. Yeah, got all the main bits. Maybe I can't I... think of one thing that would be particularly notable to me about, well, I suppose because I've never heard it, but I, I don't imagine there's anything particularly notable from years zero to seven in Colonel <laughs> Sanders' life compared to starting the biggest like fried chicken chain uh, in the history of the world. I know. Potentially. Well, I don't know. Maybe I just didn't give it enough of a chance. Like Maybe it really sucks you in, but it was 1am when I was listening to it. I don't think I was semi-falling asleep or just delirious. So I I, may, I will maybe still give this podcast a chance and learn a little bit about Colonel Sanders because clearly there's, there's stuff I don't know and that ChatGPT can't teach me. But what I the wanted AI to come to... It has, because <laughs> I did ask the AI to reference itself, and it was like, I do not actually, you know, I can't 
do references. Oh, it I can't just feed. Yeah, it's just knows information that it's been fed. So, yeah, that was interesting. Interesting. That yeah. seems like a like a weird. Sure. Like, why would they not just feed it sources of stuff? I don't know. Coding it. Maybe it makes it more difficult for them to just like feed it information. Yeah, or maybe it's like more difficult for people to like plagiarize then, because yeah. if you can, you know, AI references, then you can get to do your whole essay or something. I don't That'd know. Be lovely. But anyways, <laughs> coming back in a bit of a 180 back to the autobiographies, I think the one that this podcast was referencing was one called Colonel Sanders, the autobiography of the original celebrity chef. And this, (laughs) (laughs) that's probably the one celebrity chef. (laughs) And this autobiography was actually released publicly on Facebook a couple of years ago. I think, wow, actually a lot of years ago, 2012. So 11 years ago, this was released publicly on Facebook in celebration of KFC. I think it was just, you know, they were like, Yeah, have it, like, like have some fun. Yeah. (laughs) Have an autobiography. Yeah. So I opened up this autobiography and, Jono, inside it, I found a tasty little surprise. So not only does it have an autobiography, but it has recipes in it. Oh, really? Yes, really. And I think one week we're going to have to do... Uh, try it live with some recipes from Colonel Sanders' very own oh, autobiography. So I we're going to have to cook these. So it has like almost like a full menu. So the appetizers mm. are hot biscuits, French fried mm. parsnips and cauliflower, corn fritters, corn chowder, hush puppies, and mint julep. So that's the first appetizer. Mint julep. Yeah, I'm not sure that is. The sides are candied sweet potatoes, onion pie, transparent squash, cranberry conserve, fried tomatoes, and bread stuffing. Interesting. Breakfast is coffee, and it says the way we used to make it on the farm. Butter thin. <laughs> <laughs> that is incredibly unspecific. Yeah. <laughs> Butter thin pancakes, light bread, extra special scrambled eggs, the Colonel's special omelette, and potato pancakes. There's For the, a lot of stuff. There's so much food. We're going to be eating good. The main yeah. is roast turkey, roast beef, meatloaf, scallop potatoes, chicken Brunswick stew, apple stuffed pork chops, and mulligan stew. There's so much. So much of that is also <laughs> not chicken. I know there's only one. There's only one <laughs> so chicken item. Many in there. other meats. <laughs> and for dessert, unfortunately no chicken, but we've got baked apple dumplings, pecan pie. <laughs> no chicken for dessert. <laughs> Chocolate pie, lemon sponge pie. Oh, I want to try that. Special brown betty. Not sure what that is. Sand tarts. <laughs> oatmeal cake. Upside down peach cobbler. Also, not about the sound. Sa- sure about the sound of sand tarts. Yeah, like sand that doesn't tart sound. Sounds like something you'd make in the playground. Yeah, that's like I'm putting it in a bucket and tipping it upside down yeah, at the beach. Because you can have mud pies or for the connoisseur, sand yeah, tarts. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> wow, backyard cooking just upped itself. <laughs> wow. Well, Goodness so me. I think we're going to have to try some of the Colonel's recipes. And yeah. I'm very excited. They sound fancy. Yeah. Um, I, I've got to say, though, also slightly terrifying because I've never fried anything before. Uh, okay. 
I have, and, and that's the story where I sent my brother to hospital. That's so. right. <laughs> that's so. right. Well, it's bound to go well then. Yes. <laughs> oh my gosh. Goodness me. Well, yeah, we'll give that a shot, um, and um, and hopefully we don't burn anything down or send anyone to the hospital. Agreed. Agreed. Um, but, <laughs> that will come a different week. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I think that does bring us around uh, toward the end of another episode. Um, we hope you've enjoyed. We definitely have. Um, and make sure to check us out on our social media at Zap the Podcast on Instagram. That's the best place to see us do all the weird and wonderful things we do. Um, uh, oh, what else? Uh, the website that we sell our merch on is uh, zapthepodcast.theprintbar.com.a. No, it's just .com, isn't it? I, just, I don't know why I, I always remember. get confused. <laughs> I always I always say this. Hang on. I'm going to open it up and then I'll know. Uh, Zap the podcast. What? Hang on. Hang on a what? Have you been saying it wrong the whole time? No, no, no. I... Is that it? Oh, okay. For a moment, I clicked on the thing because I have like a bookmarked um, page for it. Um, yes. It is at the podcast at the print bar dot com. But okay. yeah, so when I when I clicked on this link that I had bookmarked, um, it said four hundred four page not found. Oops. Like, has, <laughs> has our merch store gone down? It's been down this whole time. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, but yeah, it's at the podcast dot the print bar dot com. There is no AU there. Do not put an AU in there else you be sent somewhere mysterious <laughs> um so yeah thanks thanks for listening um we hope to catch you next time uh and yeah we'll, we'll catch you there on another episode <laughs> of tap bye bye